Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osh Ginsberg. Thanks for being here. This is the uh, Friday version of the show where I just kind of check in and, and, and have a bit of a chat about where I am this week because I guess when I first started this show in 2013, I wasn't hearing people have, I guess, authentic conversations about where they are and how they're traveling and the things they're using and doing to get them through the day. And I, I had found that to be very helpful in my journey of, you know, mental health and getting better and, you know, figuring out how to live life with the different challenges that came with it, you know, new jobs, new relationships, friends coming and going, various health stuff. And so I started just kind of having a chat on a Friday. I started at the start of this show, it used to be on a Monday, but then I kind of blew out into its own spin-off episode, like Laverne and Shirley to Happy Days, Lenny and Squiggy to Laverne and Shirley. Like there's a lot of spin-offs. It goes on and on. Uh, this is a podcast, if you first ever episode, this is a podcast called Better Than Yesterday. I'm here to just try to make your day today better than yesterday. Been here since 2013, here three times a week, Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, Mondays and Wednesdays with a guest. Well, last two Mondays I weren't. But hey, thank you so much for all the extraordinarily lovely feedback about the last two Monday episodes. And thank you very much for those who went on the adventure I asked you to go on. If you haven't heard about the adventure I asked you to go on, listen to Monday's episode. I really appreciate that. That makes me extraordinarily happy that people actually did that. That's really, really lovely. Um, my name is Osher Ginsberg. If you uh, don't know me, uh, I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm an author. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm currently lying on my bed on a table that goes over my bed that I bought from the accessible living shop along with the thing I put over my toilet so I can get it up and off it and the railing that's in our shower because I'm just kind of recovering from some surgery. Got some more surgery in a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it's kind of, um, got a quite restricted mobility at the moment. So a um, bit of time to think as I'm lying here. Uh, kind of with my laptop and writing and reading and things. But I did manage to get out of the house last weekend and I was asked to be a part of the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, which is always extraordinarily wonderful. I, I was invited to do it a few years back and I performed the one-person one play man-watching and it was amazing. Uh, it's funny that I just had that faux pas then, you'll know why in a second. It was extraordinary and I think the Festival of Dangerous Ideas is a very, very important thing to happen because... We, uh, I feel, getting conditioned through the way that we interact in the interactive spaces underneath news articles or on, you know, social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. We are kind of conditioned to be uh, not only less accepting of ideas that are different to our own, but you know, extraordinarily defensive or 
attacking of any perspective that might not be ours. And that is, in my opinion, and you know, some of the things I've read, something that is an unfortunate effect of algorithms that reward the most kind of combative responses to things. I did have a bit of an onstage moment, and I, I guess it's a, I've spoken about, this is the main thing I want to talk about today, but I do, I do want to say this, that if you've been following me or my story, you'll know that I've been extraordinarily susceptible over, my, over the past to like horrendously awful episodes of mental illness and horrible episodes of like mental discomfort and intrusive thoughts and physical pain to sometimes the smallest of triggers, mostly related to climate. I've had days, months of my life go by when the mere fluttering of leaves on a tree outside was enough to send me into, you know, just horrible, racking physical agony. When even the word on my dashboard in my car had climate control written on it, just the word climate was enough to just make it horrendously just uncomfortable to even be in my car. And I would avoid driving because I didn't want to read that word. And it's been, you know, it took a lot of work and, you know, active exposure therapy and deliberate exposure therapy every every day. Um, be sure to expose myself to those triggers to make sure be sure that my resilience to those things remains uh, low and my tolerance, my ability to handle that stuff stays up. And uh, sure enough, I'm on stage. I chaired a panel called Join the Rebellion and basically the overarching theme of the panel was to, you know, how can, you know, technology has been say like, I just put your faith in technology, everything will be fine. The boffins will work it out. But by handing the keys of, you know, how we interact, our decision-making processes, how we can be nudged, our behavior can be nudged, not only our purchasing behavior, but also our, our beliefs about how we feel about things can be nudged one way or the other through algorithms, through YouTube, watch next, through explore feeds, through whatever, is the act of rebellion to lean into those things that make us human. And I had a fantastic panel, uh, Jane Caro, author, Yasmin Paul, extraordinary young leader, Kevin Roos, New York Times, best-selling author has written a, a book called um, Future Proof, which I'm really hoping to get him on the podcast, actually, because it's, you know, what's called, the subtitle is like Nine Rules for Living in the Age of well, Artificial Intelligence. And as well on the, at the panel was an extraordinary human being, Alok Vadmenon, who they are a, a non-binary person and, and they've written an incredible book called Beyond the Gender Binary. Now, we're in the Q&A, so I'll, I'll get to what, actually actually happened what i really want to talk about we're in the q a and, and someone comes up to the microphone and says oh regarding technology and messaging you know what do you feel about the climate clock project which is a countdown clock online that's essentially saying we have six years and 300 days to you know get to net zero before climate change becomes an unstoppable chain reaction that no human intervention will be able to slow down or mitigate and i'm on stage with these incredible thinkers about 400 people in the room being live streamed and I can feel my bowels just go, okay, we're going to open and panic and you can't run because you're on crutches right now, but we'll do our best, okay? And I'm like, oh, fuck, here it comes. And similarly to when I told you about what I was doing on q and I'm like, well, I know what to do here. And I started doing my physiological size, those, those really interesting breaths that I've, I've talked about. It's like a, a long inhale through the nose, then a top-up inhale, then a rapid exhalation through the mouth. It takes about three seconds. It sounds like this. I did about eight of them. No one knew. But fuck, dude. If I hadn't done that, I'd be fucked. But it re reinforced to me that those tough moments will still come. My body will probably still react in the way that I had reacted when the time's really bad. But now I have my tools. I know that I can regulate those moments and I have no need to fear those moments. And I know that I will get past them and I know that they don't last forever. 
and you know, once I've had those breaths and downregulated, you know, part of the therapy that I've, you know, working through this with is called acceptance commitment therapy. The next thing you do is to act in accordance with your values. And I'm on stage with these amazing thinkers who've probably got really important things to say about this and 400 people in the room who are actively really wanting to be a part of this and listening. And then you will probably take what's said on stage and go and put it into their lives. And that is as in accordance with my values as I can possibly get. And it was great. And sure enough, in a, in a couple of minutes, that feeling of terror was gone. But something else happened on stage, which <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of reluctant to talk about, but I think, you know, in the spirit of the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, I think it's important to talk about it. Yeah. I, I experienced probably the greatest uh, broadcasting fuck up I've, I've ever had. And this is like more amazing than the time I said, oh, amazing. And when are you expecting? On a live radio broadcast on location. And the woman said, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> Some breakfast radio in Brisbane. like, Years ago, I was 22 or something. It's like four straight seconds of dead air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fucking hell, it was a uh, <laughs> was a tough one. So let me preface this by saying, I am not ever going to pretend that I know what it feels like to have my pronoun messed up. I grew up a cisgendered straight white male in a middle class suburb, in a safe city, in a safe safe country you know, Brisbane, Australia. I have no no idea what it is to be persecuted for how I look uh, or what my gender is or my sexuality is. I have no idea, no idea at all. I can uh, try to imagine what it's like and I can see the experiences of people I love, people very close to me who uh, do have those experiences and go through those experiences, but I'll never know what it feels like. And I don't pretend to know what it feels like to be misgendered and I I don't know what it would never pretend to ever understand how how much pain can be caused by feeling minimized by one of those two things. I'm never going to know what that feels like. And at the same time, I want nothing more than a, a person's gender or a person's sexuality to be as irrelevant to how that person is treated or the options available to that person or the safety that that person should feel. I want that to be as irrelevant to those things as eye color, you know, now, we're a long way from those things being true. But wouldn't it be wonderful? <laughs> wouldn't it be wonderful when they are? So having said that, we're coming to the end of the panel. It's been a really great panel. The discussion's been great. And so far, it's kind of funny. One of the people that works for the festival before the show was saying to me, I kind of preface it. I might have put it in my own head. I said, like, I'm, I'm not going to, I know I'm going to fuck up a pronoun here. And uh, this person said, Ah, oh, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> so, and I'm doing really well. I don't know if you've ever been to a panel at a, a speaking kind of talky ideas festival like that, but, you know, there's, there's a lot to manage when you, you know, there's a lot to think about and you want to make sure that everyone's getting their fair say. You want to be sure that all the talk's being covered and you're moving forward and, you know, you're getting a good balance of voices. And, you know, from right to left, I've got she, she, him, they or her, her, his, theirs. And I'm doing really well for, frankly, someone who hasn't had enough practice at getting my pronouns right. And that's on, that's on me. I have every single respect. I have every single honor and I have every single wish to get those things right because I believe they're the right thing to do. But I just simply, I haven't had enough practice referring to people in my presence or people I'm conversing with like that or about. I just, I haven't had the practice. And that's on me. 
So what happens is that my my brain in in a, in a kind of flow moment of trying to talk about something else, my brain defers to 40-something years of, of conditioning based on my visual cues, despite my best and despite my most respectful intentions. So we're on stage, the panel is doing great, we're, we've done a solid hour and 15, we're wrapping, as they let me go a little over, so, you know, because we fit the Q&A and it was the last panel of the day, they said, it's okay, you can go a bit over, they changed my times, so it was good. I was wrapping things up and I was plugging the book signing, I was talking about everybody's books and I got to a Lokes book, it's called Beyond the Gender Binary and it's amazing, all right? Their book is so stunning and backstage before the show, I had told them that I, I wished this had been out when I was a teenager because all I knew was all I knew and reading this just broke my heart because I just, if I'd known that shit when I was 13, I would have had a far easier journey actually getting into the actual world, not the world that I grew up in. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, their book should be compulsory readings in schools, all schools, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm plugging the book signing after the gig and, and I'm leading into my final question. I'm saying this stuff, I'm saying this stuff on stage. So I'm, I'm saying something like, you know, I'm holding the books up and I'm talking to the crowd going, uh, this book's incredible. I wish it was around when I was 13. Alok has given us such an incredible gift. He's created something remarkable. And I start hearing people shouting in the crowd. Now, before I'd got to the archable part of remarkable, I can hit, it's like 11 people shouting at once and then they kind of shout louder all from different parts of the room. I'm a bit confused. It's like well, suddenly people are shouting and I don't, I don't know why. But because I'm deaf as shit, I've got my hearing aids in, but still it's an echoey room and da, da, da. And I turn around to the panel and three people look at me like, oh, you fucked it, mate. I was like, oh, what? what? And a loke, bless them, a loke leans over to me and gently says in their glorious performance poet timbre, you said his. The ass fell out of my body. Like, this is now the biggest fuck up I've ever done. Uh, bigger than the, when you're expecting, I'm not pregnant thing on radio. Until last Sunday, that was my greatest ever fuck up. But this one, it just trumped it. But I know that I just, I, I have to keep talking. I have to keep going. If I make too much of it, it draws attention to it. Will I make it worse? And I'm, then, I'm, then I'm like a cricketer in a slow motion highlight reel fumbling a catch that they touch to the edge of their fingers 13 times. They trip over the boundary rope and allow a four to be scored winning the match or losing the match. I'm mortified, but I know I have to address it. And immediately I say with the deepest contrition because I feel terrible. So I'm so sorry and thank you for being so gracious about it. And I turn back to the crowd and, and I continue just talking about how important this book is and about has two or four boys and going to an all-boys school. This was the kind of stuff I'd hope to spend a lifetime on learning. And you know, it, was, it was a great panel. It was, we got a standing ovation at the end. It was fucking awesome. And we wrap up the show and I'm the last to leave the stage because you know, not only am I on crutches, but I'm just breathing, <laughs> you know, because I just did, you know, an hour and 15 of just super heavy brain work and I'm just sucking the airs in and one of the event producers comes up and, you know, as I get out of my chair slowly and I just turn to them and I say, well, if ever I'm going to accidentally get a pronoun wrong, I think by doing it to a Vad Vadmenon in front of the Academic Festival of Dangerous Ideas crowd, I think I just won the gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> and they laughed because I mean you got it you got to, got a cop to it I went to the green room afterwards and I uh, caught up with a loke and we spoke again they were just so gracious they were so understanding they were so lovely so kind and uh, wonderfully they've agreed to come on the podcast which I can't wait for because they have extraordinary voice and like the book it could have been a hundred thousand words but it's it's you'll read it in 40 minutes they have condensed it down to this just powerful 
extraordinarily accessible, clear, clear message of, of it's fucking great. After, I mean, Audrey was there, which I'm really grateful for. And afterwards, I'm, I'm talking to Audrey about that moment. And I was saying, you know, when everyone was kind of shouting out in that moment, like as a, like I now know what they were shouting out. They were shouting out, hey, hey, hey. I was like, oh, fuck, it's like, it was like Twitter, but live. <laughs> because on Twitter, and Twitter, which is something that I kind of have backed away from a lot, because for me, it feels like a text-based first-person shooter with people it feels like they're just kind of waiting to get a headshot of something that they can screen grab and then performatively repost going, <laughs> I got one, you know, because that kind of screenshot repost outrage scalping, when I see it, it's been done to me heaps. It feels like it immediately assumes that an honest mistake isn't an honest mistake. I'm saying this to Audrey and I'm saying, look, it implies that I'm a person who like, say for example, you know, it happened a couple of weeks back or talk about something online and a person did exactly that. And I'm like, you, hang on, you're assuming that I'm somebody who deliberately misgenders people and deliberately minimizes non-binary people. I'm, I'm not that. I'm far from that. But the assumption is there by screen grabbing and reposting and having that kind of performative, ha look, I can't believe this person does that. And without blinking, Audrey, fuck, she's fast, fuck, she's smart. Audrey just says, you know what's interesting is that just like sexuality and just like gender, it's a spectrum. And she's 100% correct. There's a whole spectrum between an honest mistake, which might have been made out of being unaware that it was even a mistake sometimes, and yet one that is, I mean, it wasn't in that initial case, in my case, but I have made mistakes. I'm like, hang on, what I just say? I didn't know that was about, oh my God, have I done something wrong? I'm so sorry. Like, sometimes like there's an honest mistake, which might have been made out of being unaware that it was even a mistake sometimes, yet one that's immediately acknowledged and then made amends for in the most meaningful way possible. There's like a huge spectrum between that and hate speech. There's 999,000 variations between one and the other. <laughs> in the words of Audrey, man, she's, she goes, in the words of Audrey, she goes, it's not binary. <laughs> and for me, that not only reminded me why I'm so bloody grateful to be married to such a wise human being, but also that my brain has been so affected by the interactions that I've been having online and that my reactions to accusations that are almost automatically binary in response to a binary accusation. Like I get sucked into that, you know, yes, it is. No, it isn't. And it's reminded me just hey, take a moment and, and think. And, and when I see an interaction that's coming at me with binary assumptions, for example, um, the other day, it was zero emissions day, all right? And I, you know, being I'm a big fan of electric mobility, and so I made a post about my car and, you know, I love electric cars. I've been driving it for a long time. And someone's there going, you do know all those minerals come from mining. If you're such an earth lover, why don't you walk everywhere? And remembering what Audrey said, I guess I just re replied, look, I never said I was anti-mining. I'm just pro-electric mobility because by responding to that binary assumption, I inadvertently find myself playing that game. And I don't want to play that game because that's not real. That's not the world. It's not you know. We're not trying to slam someone with a double draw four. People, no matter who you are, we're not binary in anything. Everything is a spectrum. Some people who are pro-sustainability walk everywhere. I own an electric bicycle, an electric, I guess you call electric Vespa, an electric motorbike and an electric car. These are sustainable forms of transport. Yes. Are they the most sustainable option? 
not as sustainable as walking, no. But that doesn't make me someone who wants oil and gas and coal to go on forever. Nothing could be further from the truth. However, when I write about my electric vehicles, those comments, those binary accusations, they actually come from both sides. People going, why do you have so many electric vehicles? That's a lot of stuff, a lot of things. Yeah, okay. But we, we can't let perfect be the enemy of good. Now, I'm not trying to compare my experience to a Lokes experience. I'm, I'm purely just trying to talk about the idea that spectrums exist everywhere and to be appreciative of, I guess, you know, can you have the space to assume that people have the best intentions at heart? I'm terrified to post this. Because <laughs> I'm terrified that people will accuse me of shit. <laughs> but I think it's important to at least have a conversation about it and, you know, kind of talk a bit about the idea that our our interactions with strangers, particularly online, have devolved into this yes, no, black, white, right, wrong. But that's not the world. Never has been. And it's foolish to think the world exists like that because it doesn't. There's, there's, there's nuance and, and shades of everything to everything. And immediately assuming that something that's on a little to the less accepted side of that spectrum is a not an either made an error or not a considered opinion that may have a caveat that might, if you hear it, make you think, you know what, I don't agree with everything you have to say, but I see where you come from and I guess we can meet here, which is what humans are. Like, that's just going to stop us in our tracks when all we need to do actually is kind of go, all right, look, we're most of the way there, you're most of the way there, but it means we can still walk forward. Is that cool? That's cool. Let's go. Because that's what we've got to do, man. We haven't got time. Six years and I don't know how many days that bloke mentioned, but it's not a lot of time. Ah. I'm shit scared. But I'm going to hit go. Feel free to get in touch with me. Send us your email at gmail.com or direct message me on Twitter. And we can always discuss it further when all that comes on the podcast in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Heath, for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Monday's show, speaking of climate, Monday's show is with the extraordinary Claire O'Rourke, a brilliant book called Together We Can. She's super cool. Uh, she's a climate activist, but very much one who's, I guess I, I, I resonate a lot with her because it's very much about together. And here's what's being done here. Is it? It's a squillion percent, completely carbon neutral, perfect. You know, every ant and gnat and, and, and leaf survives. No, but is it really far better than pouring a 40-gallon drum of fuel on the ground and setting it on fire? Yes. So how about we explore that? I love it. And it's a great chat. Uh, it's really accessible and really interesting. So that's on, that's on Monday. Thanks heaps for listening. I hope you're okay. Happy... Um, AFL Grand Final, if you can get past the fucking horrendous shit that's been happening this week. I can't even bring myself to speak about that, mostly because I don't really... Uh, yeah, I can't even get my head around it. Yeah. That's what your Monday. I've got to say a big thank you, firstly, Andy Ma. Thank you for cutting up this episode, Andy. 
I really appreciate it and your feedback. And also thank you, Andy, for making sure that this week's episode of Dad Pod was super good because it was super good. Really clever episode on Dad Pod this week about toddlers' alphabets now they're 24, letter, 24 letters long because the L's and the R's take a while. And um, it was really cool, really cool to listen to. So I hope you go and check that out. Anyway, until we speak next time, sleep well and dream beautiful things. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.